Welcome to Change Now. Yes, because we need to change now. Now is when your impact story starts. Listen, get inspired by visionary change makers, and be part of the change. We are living in a finite world, and therefore we must act accordingly now. In this episode, explore the pathways for businesses to move away from CO2 emission-focused models towards a more holistic approach that encompasses all the planet's boundaries. With Kate Rower, economist at the Donut Economics Action Lab and author of Donut Economics. Hello, Change Now! Are we going to change now? Yes, because we need to change now. I offer you a compass for the 21st century. The goal, leave no one in the hole. Leave no one falling short on life's essentials. But, and this is a big but, do not overshoot the life support systems of our planetary home. We must meet the needs of all people within the means of this delicately balanced, unique living planet. And if that's the goal, it's not endless growth. It's thriving in balance. If that's the goal, well, we are so far from that goal right now. Billions of people worldwide fall short on life's essentials, and we are now overshooting not four, but at least six of the nine planetary boundaries. This, this is humanity's selfie. This is us, the people who find ourselves alive on watch at this moment, in 2023, a quarter of the way through the 21st century. What are we going to do to turn this story around? There's no way that last century's economic thinking will get us there. We need new economic ideas. There's no way that last century's government policies will get us there. We need to transform policy. There's no way that last year's cities will get us there. We need to transform the design of the places we live. And there's no way that 20th century business models will get us there, because they were not designed for this. Their design has actually helped lead to this. We need to transform the deep design of business itself. How? I believe there are two powerful dynamics that we need to transform. The first, we know we've inherited degenerative industrial systems that take, make, use, and throw away. We need to create regenerative industries and lifestyles that reuse and refurbish and repair and restore the living world so that we work with and within the cycles of this planet. So from degenerative to regenerative. And there are companies that have begun their journey towards this. I'd say none of us, no one is there, but moving in this direction. Whether it's reconnecting the nitrogen cycle like Sanergy toilets in Kenya, or interface carpets aiming to make their factories as generous as the wildland next door. Fairphone, creating modular technologies. Every mobile phone should be a modular technology so it can be opened and restored and repaired and fixed just that piece that needs fixing. Houdini clothing that is separating organic from synthetic fibers so that you create a circularity and create an ecosystem. So these, among many companies, are beginning to transform 
towards a regenerative design, and there's so much further to go. Add to this, we know we've inherited divisive economies. They are capturing value and opportunity in the hands of a few. We see the rise of a 1% in business, in nations, in the world. There is no way humanity will get into the donut in such an extraordinarily unequal world as we have now created. The richest 1% of people own half the world's wealth. And a lot of our company structures are responsible for driving that concentration of wealth. We need to create economies that are distributive by design, through businesses that are distributive because they intend to distribute value and opportunity. That's partly why they're in business. And there are companies that are on the way to doing this, whether it's through employee ownership, through paying beyond living wages, through paying a fair tax, contributing back to society, through channeling benefits into the local community, deep in their structure. This isn't charity on the edge of business. This is de designed right into why they exist as a company in the first place. So there are companies in the world that are becoming regenerative, that are on the way to becoming distributive. Why are these still the exception? Why are most major companies not able to get there? There is a often unspoken contradiction at the heart of business. And it's that the vision of becoming regenerative and distributive is in contradiction with the deep design of the business itself. At Donut Economics Action Lab, we've been talking to companies for years, and offstage, over coffee, quietly, behind the scenes, they will open up and tell you about this deep contradiction. You know, we talked to a, a tea company that said, we want to pay a, a, a living wage to our tea pluckers, but we can't, the market won't let us put that in our prices. They're going to have to deliver it through increasing their productivity, because we're locked into a business model that requires us to deliver a certain return to our shareholders. So they will have to make it happen. We've talked to beauty companies that say, we know we should be refilling plastic bottles. We know we should be using reusable plastics. But the capex on that is just beyond what the market will bear, so we can't do it. I met a lead sustainability designer at a major clothing company. She said, I've been asked to design a range of regenerative clothing, but my bosses tell me I have to deliver 15% on this range from the get-go. That is impossible. People who want to bring about regenerative and distributive design in the heart of major companies that should be leading this are trapped because the business model of those companies does not make space for it. It's not their priority. Let me put it another way. If we've got divisive and, dis and, and degenerative economies and businesses over here and regenerative ones over here, most businesses, I'm going to come and stand right back here, most businesses are designed to be trapped here. The only transformation that they can actually bring about that's regenerative and, and distributive, that little slither of yellow. There's no way that that is going to transform and bring about the change we need. We need companies that are designed to actually exist in this space. We are designed to be regenerative. We are designed to be distributive. We're going to change now so that we can do it.
So how can we begin to get there? Why is it that so many companies still ask, how much value can we extract in the way we run this enterprise? It was underneath the 20th century business model, and it still sits behind so many decisions. While other companies are already saying, how many benefits can we generate in the way we design this? What else can we do for the world, for the community, for Earth, for our customers, for our suppliers? How else can this business be part of transformation? And what lies between the two? Five deep design traits that I'm going to offer you now. And I invite everybody here to think of these five deep design traits of a company that you work for, maybe a company you love or a company you hate or one that you're, is your client, that you're supporting or in your networks. Think of a particular company and ask yourself, not about the design of its products, the design of that company. How is it designed and can it be part of the transformation the world needs? So, its purpose. What is the purpose of this company? Why does it even exist? What is it in service of in the world? Is it actually in service of being the biggest player in Europe, in service of itself? Or is it in service of bringing about the transformation the world needs? Sequestering carbon, creating health, distributing value so that people have good livelihoods. Think about its networks. What are its relationships with its customers, its employees, its suppliers, its industry allies, or does it still call them all competitors? And how does it live out its values through those relationships? Showing up here at Change Now is about building new relationships, but which ones will you leave behind? Which alliances will you leave because they are pulling you back into the past and are not fit for the future we have to create? How is this company governed? Is it governed by quarterly reports and financial interests that want to see every quarter growing sales, growing market share, growing profits? We know what that governance does. Or is it governed by the values of all of those who it impacts, like the company Faith in Nature, which recently put nature on its board, one of 11 directors represented by Lawyers for Nature, making nature's voice a formal legal part of how it's governed. What if it had not only nature's voice, but employees' voices, supply chain workers' voices, community voices, so that the governance represents all of those who are actually impacted by the company. What's stopping that? And when will it actually start? How is the company owned? Is it owned by shareholders, by venture capital, by private equity that may well be driving it for that short, fast return? Or is it owned in ways that actually unleash this possibility and lock in long-term that mission so that the purpose is pursued? Is it steward ownership that inspired Patagonia with its new model? Is it employee ownership? Is it owned as a cooperative? Many, many new business ownership design models we know are being created, and they are as important as the design of products. Because it's only when we create ownership that unleashes governance, that regenerative and distributive design will actually become what a company is designed to do and be, rather than try to do and be pulled back. And that takes us to the last one, finance. And it sits at the bottom of this list because most things that are powerful sit hidden at the bottom. So finance, 
Where that money is coming from and what it expects and demands and extracts is finance in service of the financiers who say, I want my highest, fastest returns, and if I'm not getting them every quarter, I'm out. That kind of finance is never going to drive this transformation. We need finance that's actually in service to the purpose, that recognizes that 20th century returns and what the financial community thinks are fair returns have been driven by fossil fuel returns, have been driven by a model that's destroying the living world. Finance, as my friend Hunter Lovins says, finance that is in service to life. Where is that finance? Is it in this room? Where is that finance that's actually in service to life? Because that is going to unlock the future. So let me finish by bringing together these design traits. Is the company that you work for, that you support as a client that you are thinking of, is that company still asking, how are we pulled back by the design that we've inherited? Can we ever deeply transform? And how can we actually move forward? What in our design already enables us? I teach students of business, and I tell them, when you go for your job interviews, you young, smart, 21st century graduates, you are interviewing that company at least as much as they are interviewing you. And go to that company with these design traits in mind. Scan that company. Be a detective about its deep design. Don't get pulled in by the perks. Look at its deep design. Does this company deserve you? Does this company have the purpose and the networks that will actually enable you to do the work you've been educated and have the passion to do? Is it owned and governed and financed in ways that actually can unlock the regenerative and distributive future that you are committed to making happen? Or will you actually be locked inside a very 20th century business that doesn't have the capacity to be regenerative and distributive because it's designed in a way that's out of date. So this is a tough message. I'm bringing a tough message for businesses that have established themselves on a model of ownership and governance and finance that did very well, thank you very much, in the 20th century, because they are not yet designed or redesigned or transformed to be in service to the future we want to make. So let's not only focus on the design of our products, and there are some beautiful product designs here. We need to redesign business itself so that everybody within a company can bring their full selves to work and can actually unlock regenerative and distributive futures. And I see the seeds of that future in stakeholder-owned, steward-owned, employee-owned, cooperatively-owned enterprises, and they are small at the moment. So how are big companies going to transform to meet that vision that they can bring about? Where is the finance? Where is the finance that is going to actually align and stop having finance versus life, but finance that is finally in service to life? If these ideas inspire you, at Donut Economics Action Lab, this is the way we work with companies. This is the conversation we want to have with business. We want to go deep to the roots of transformation. Let's redesign business itself. Thank you very much. Thank you.